This podcast is made by Awesome Panda Productions. Find out more at awesomepandauk.com. Hello and welcome to the RG10 podcast, brought to you by the people behind RG10 magazine. The aim is to bring you interviews, information and entertainment. In fact, anything interesting that's relevant to living around here. When it comes to the pandemic, do you know if you have any vulnerable people on your street? Well, thankfully, a group of volunteers called the Twyford COVID-19 Support Group probably do. And since this all began back in March, they've been putting themselves forward to offer a helping hand. The group support those who are particularly impacted by COVID. Amongst other things, they offer to get shopping, pick up prescriptions. In fact, they almost offer a kind of buddy system for those who may be elderly, shielding or isolated. They've divided Twyford up into zones with street champions, their job being to provide the eyes and ears on the ground, doing what they can to help the most vulnerable. Hundreds of people have been helped and thousands of requests have been dealt with. It was started by Sam Bramwell. She was inspired to set up the group when it became apparent that she was going to struggle to support her own parents and wanted to do something for those in a similar position. Just before, I think it was probably the first week of March, when it all really started to become very real, I um, was really worried about my mum and my dad. So my parents live in 100, 100 miles in either direction, one in Kent, one in Stroud, and, and both alone. And I thought to myself, how am I going to work if we have a lockdown with, with in that kind of um, dynamic? Well, how am I going to shop for people? And then I kind of thought, what about people in my village? Um, and that was really inspiration. So, you know, what can I do? I'm a very practical person and I like to try and problem solve. And when you're faced with something as big as this, it's kind of what role can I play to help support people in my community? Um, and that's how it started. So I kind of put a message out on one of our local Facebook groups. And then thought, you know what, I'm not going to wait for someone to do this. I need to do it myself. Uh, got in touch with the Reading group, helped to set them up and then used all of the framework to set up the, um, the Twyford group as well. And, uh, and it started from there. And I just got um, amazing support from people who wanted to join in and, uh, and help us move forward. How many people are we talking about here? It went into two or three phases. Initially, there was a group, I think, probably of about 10 of us. Some of people who... Um, are well known in the community, um, you know, w- working within um, sort of Twyford Parish and, um, uh, and and things like the, the kind of Rotary Group and what have you. And so they helped me sort of form idea and, and pull policies together. And then that moved into what I call kind of execution mode. Um, and in, eventually, kind of at our peak, we had, we had around a thousand people on our Facebook group. We had about 350 volunteers. Um, and a, probably a core team of about 10 people uh, running the uh, running the group. You mentioned there, you use the phrase, at our peak. Uh, now, back in August, let's cast on mind back there, we all kind of fondly imagined that peak had happened. Now we know uh, we were very much mistaken. Was there a point between August and now where, because you are at the very front line, um, well, you know, you know, near the front line, should we say, was there a point in that where you thought, hang on, uh, things are starting to change again here. 
Yeah, I think we, we we went through sort of two or three, I guess, two, two, three iterations of that. So as we came out of the first lockdown, um, what, one of the things that was it was overriding for me was how do we hand this back um, and, and ensure that the council continues to improve its service uh, and help them to learn about what was required, as well as being a partner to them. Uh, and, and how do we evolve? So that was you know, always at the back of our mind. Is this a permanent thing that we need to do for Twyford? Um, to because there are clearly people who need our support or or is it temporary uh, we took a break during August um, we all took a bit of a holiday and we made sure that people were looked after we had a group of people I think of elderly people probably about 10 that we've continued to support since the end of the first lockdown and then during October we started to see and monitor the cases um, and as we kind of went back into I guess the tiered system, uh, we, we, set, we reached back out to people and said, look, we're, we're still here. Um, we, we talked to all of our pre-existing clients, if you like. Most people have managed to get, you know, have, have family do shopping for them online, which was the biggest challenge during the first lockdown. Um, but there was still a core of people that needed our help. And then Christmas, we, as we were looking at this sort of new variant beginning to peak and, and what have you, we realised that we need to put ourselves back into kind of operation mode. And, and actually it's changed a little bit. We do still have the core of um, elderly people that we're looking after. Luckily, most of them have family who can shop online because the shops have made slots available. But what we are seeing now is the more families coming forward asking for help because they're isolating because they have the, the virus. Um, so it's changed in terms of the dynamic of need a little bit. So although we're at a a critical stage, January 2021 isn't quite the same as back in uh, the spring, early summertime. We're not seeing it. It's not as busy as it was during the first lockdown. Um, You know, we were we were probably averaging, I'd say, sort of between 10, 15 um, requests a day. Um, And we used to do a good job aggregating things together. So we weren't sending people out all the time to do single jobs. Um, but it, I think that the need has changed. So we're seeing more families who, you know, who are suddenly coming down with the virus um, looking for support. I think what's also changed is that the the, the, the council and um, Woking and Borough Council and, and those services are much more geared up to support. So the food banks uh, where people are facing crisis um, are kind of more available um, to support people. But we're still there in the background, making sure that, you know, if someone urgently needs something, we can go and do it. And, and what we've also seen is that people have lost confidence. So um, I look after an elderly lady uh, who's wonderful, who was playing nine rounds of golf back in February, um, now can't lift her golf clubs up. And she's desperately um, lost her confidence about going out. And it's had a real impact on her emotional journey, I guess, and her age. Um, so we see, we see quite a lot of that happening. Um, and we just want to make sure we're there for people to support them through that as well. Are there any other stories that you could tell me about, about the difference you guys have made as well? I think, you know, we had a lovely, um, we had a lovely elderly gentleman who sadly passed away from COVID uh, back in May, uh, whose family were in Australia and um, he had no local family and we used to go and support him. I'd regularly, every day actually went down to just check on him, make sure he was okay. And knowing that I was the eyes and ears for the family on the ground made a huge difference for them in a, you know, when everything was completely crazy, 
you know, I used to, we went, actually had one um, when he was just about to come out of hospital, he had a bout of pneumonia um, before he had COVID, um, sadly. And we were trying to organise for a bed, to a hospital bed to be put into his house. So uh, we had this um, amusing uh, scenario where I'd asked two of the guys from the village to come and help me undo this bed that he had in his house, socially distanced, trying to dance it out of the, uh, the small bungalow um, and, uh, and get the mattress picked up. And it's those, those moments where you watch people come together uh, and no mountain seems too great to climb. Um, and that's been that's been wonderful. But it was ultimately sad because we lost him. And, you know, we get to know these people. You get to build a relationship with them. Um, and it's just nice. You've made a little bit of impact on them, hopefully, and also also their family. Now, by doing this, uh, this work, you're putting yourself at risk as well. How how conscious are you? How conscious are the other members of the group of this? Well, I had COVID. Um, I had it at the beginning of lockdown. So when I was setting up the group, I was actually in the throes of having the virus myself. So the first week um, didn't feel too bad. The second week felt pretty awful. Uh, my whole family had it. My husband's a long COVID sufferer. Um, and it's been, we've had a pretty interesting journey with it ourselves. Uh, it, to some degree, um, I'm relieved I got it out of the way. Uh, but it did make me very conscious of how uh, how we need to behave as an organisation uh, in terms of keeping people safe because it is it's so easily transmittable and uh, and you don't often some people don't know, know they've even got it so we put a lot of structure in place to ensure that there were you know um, health and safety protocols around infection and um, you know how we pass over shopping uh, you know all those kinds of things to make sure people were kept safe. You mentioned shopping there and you're getting uh, help from uh, uh, shops in the air, aren't you? Tell me a bit about that. We've had some amazing support from our local businesses um, and particularly we have a great relationship with Waitrose and uh, during, I guess, the peak, if you like, when people were queuing outside, we we did say that actually it it seemed unreasonable for for elderly people to kind of queue for a long period of time. So they changed the hours and allowed the elderly people to kind of come in early, but they also allowed the volunteers to go in earlier. So they opened up half an hour earlier for us so that we could do 20 shops um, in one day and that helped us to do two things one it reduced the amount of people going into the shop so reducing potential spread of the virus um, and, but also then um, enabled us to reduce the amount of shoppers going in um, so more people could kind of get through as they needed to and we would then go and deliver the shopping in the morning to our clients they also donated food we had a lot of we had Waitrose, we had Tesco's, um, we had other organisations who donated food in the very early days when we thought we would be in sort of soup kitchen mode. Uh, we we were getting freezers given to us. Um, we had stuff stored down at the Duke. Uh, but luckily, we didn't need to use it in the end. Finally, then, do you think there's anything more that the people of Twyford could do? Are, are they able to help anymore? Maybe, you know, a shift in attitudes or anything like that, or just keep doing what they're doing? What would you say? Do you know what? Generally, I think that we've been a wonderful community. Um, I think there's been a lot of polarisation of views on things like masks and, you know, social distancing, as we've seen in, in social media. I think for me, it's about kindness, you know, kindness and respect to each other, but also um, looking out for one another. We've got many, many elderly people in Twyford, some who have no relatives around and um, they've been in lockdown for nearly a year most of them. Some some went earlier than March, right, was they started to, to understand what was kind of coming ahead of them. Some people don't talk to people every day. So, so even just knocking at the door um, and doing a socially distance check-in 
with somebody will have a huge impact on their um, on their, uh, their their health, their mental health, um, and will make a difference. I think on people's loneliness, and that would be a great thing to do. Sam, thank you so much. Thanks for your time, and of course, thanks for uh, the wonderful work uh, of yourself and all your colleagues. No worries. Thank you ever so much. I really appreciate the opportunity, and stay safe. That was Sam Bramwell. And if you want to get involved, then get onto Facebook, type in Twyford COVID-19 Community Support Group, and you'll see their details pop up. You can also check out the links on our podcast show notes. Thanks so much for listening to the RG10 podcast. It'd be great if you could share this with others who you think may find it interesting, even those who've never even heard of the podcasting phenomenon. At the moment, it's just another way that we can all stay connected. If you do have any thoughts about who or what we can include in future episodes, then please do let us know via the rg10mag.com website or maybe in the comments section on Apple or SoundCloud. Thanks for listening and goodbye.